If you have your Bible today, turn with me to James 4.17. James 4.17. I'm going to preach on procrastination this morning. I've been putting off preaching on this. But today's the day. If you'll kind of hold your finger there in the scripture, we're going to get to it in just a second. How many of you, uh, don't raise your hand, how many of you uh, put a lot of things off, just a lot of things off? Uh, Procrastination is a universal problem. You know that, right? Most of us uh, know what to do. We just put it off. We don't do it. The problem with procrastination is that it becomes a lifestyle. The longer, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And so you just kind of keep doing it. Now, I want to give you a little quiz this morning. We're going to have a fill-in-the-blank, one-word quiz this morning. When I point at you, then uh, you say the word, okay? You remember Scarlett O'Hara, Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind? Uh, she expressed the attitude that most of us have most of the time. She said, oh, fiddly-dee, I'll worry about that tomorrow. Hey, that was, I was afraid nobody know. That's good. That's good. Somebody passed along this poem to me. Procrastination is my sin. It only brings me sorrow. I know that I should give it up. In fact, I will. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Tomorrow. Everything is tomorrow. The Bible has a whole lot to say about procrastination. Our scripture today, James 4.17 says, Anybody who knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. That's our text this morning, James 4.17. You might want to put a star by that one and uh, read it regularly. Do we procrastinate on those things that we really want to change in our lives? Why don't we just go ahead and do it? Why do we keep putting that off? I I want to uh, have three points, three major points to the sermon today. The first major point is the causes of procrastination. I have five little points under the big point. The key to overcoming procrastination is to understand why you do it. You need to understand that. The Bible says that we procrastinate for one of five different things. Number one is indecision. James 1.8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all that he does. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and sat down and the waiter came by and gave everybody a menu? And then in about three minutes, he came back and you said, "Uh, I'm not ready yet. And so the waiter left and he came back in about three or four minutes and you said, Not ready yet. 
And he went off, and he waited about five minutes this time. And then he came back, and you said, there's so many choices here. I just uh, don't know what it is that I want. You know, indecision can cause you uh, a lot of bad results. Uh, We need to be able to make a decision. I'm not saying rush it. But we need to be able to make a decision. Perfectionism is number two. It causes us to procrastinate. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. And that's very true. Perfectionism causes procrastination. If you wait for things to be perfect, guess what? You're going to be waiting a long, long time. Number three is fear. How many of us postpone going to the dentist? I've got my hand up. Cleaning especially. hate cleaning. Uh, How many of you have put off that surgery that you know you need to have? How many of you have put off marriage counseling, which probably would help your marriage? Fear is real. You put off making that sales call that you need to make or sharing your faith with a friend that you've had for years and years. You know you should do it, but you're just putting it off. You're a little bit afraid to do it. You should ask yourself, what in the world am I afraid of? Number four is anger. Proverbs 18.9 says, A lazy person is as bad as someone who is destructive. Did you know that anger causes procrastination? Procrastination is a way of getting back at people we don't like. We delay. We delay and we delay. Some of you know the frustration of trying to get your mate to do something that you want them to do over months and months and months. Our mates, of course, don't always have the same timetable that we do. The reason that they may be resisting doing whatever it is is they are resisting our control. Procrastination is passive resistance. Number five is laziness. Proverbs 13.4 says, Lazy people want to get much, but they don't get it. They want much, but they get little, while the diligent are prospering. Our generation has a low tolerance for pain. We don't want to see anything that has any pain associated with it in any way. Our generation is like that. Uh, One of the most popular words in America is easy. We like easy. We like that. If it's easy, we like it. If it's hard, we don't like it. Can you imagine there being a bestseller, where this is the title, 
10 difficult steps to change your life. Nobody would buy that book. Not one person. Or 15 difficult ways to get in shape. Nobody would even go to the library and get that book. If it's easy, we like it. If it's hard, we don't like it. All right, those are the five causes of procrastination. Now, secondly, what is the cost of procrastination? Well, it causes problems, number one. Proverbs fifteen nineteen says, A lazy person has trouble all their lives. Do you put off the necessary things that, that really just, just basically have to be done? Do you go ahead and wash the car? Do you take out the trash? Do you get your taxes all filled out uh, prior to the day before? We can all think of a thousand reasons not to do some of the necessary things that are before us. And we all pay for it, of course, in the end. Procrastination makes our problems worse. They get worse every day. How many of you have home repairs that you're putting off? You're just not getting it done. Of course, they're getting worse. It's obvious that they're not going to repair themselves. That isn't going to happen. Procrastination takes a problem, and it makes it a crisis. It gets bigger. The longer you wait, the harder it is to begin. Number two, it wastes opportunities. The scripture says in Proverbs 20, verse 4, if you won't plow in the cold, then you won't eat at the harvest. And that's true. You know, when opportunity knocks on the door, you've got to open the door. You know, some people are, are so afraid of anything new They just kind of move back from it. They don't like it. They don't want it. It's new. I don't like it. Well, you know, we're going to be confronted with a jillion new things in the next 10 years. I really don't like to think about all the cars on the road, none of them having a driver. (laughs) I don't like that. I'm going to be the last one driving my car. I do not want to give that up. Number three, procrastination hurts people. Laziness prevents us from being loving. Love requires commitment. It requires energy. It requires work. A lot of people just don't want to work at being loving. It's easier to be lazy than to be loving. I can't tell you how many marriages over my last uh, 54 years uh, that I've talked with folks have broken up because they just didn't want to work on the issues. They didn't want to work with the problems. They just didn't want to do that. It's too hard. Both partners knew what needed to be done, but they didn't want to work at it. Uh, And they certainly were not willing to make it work. So it didn't work. People say, well, maybe I will, 
but if I wait, I think it'll get better. If I wait, I think it'll get better. That's called procrastination. Procrastination causes problems with children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Children need to be disciplined. And some parents uh, say, you know, I just can't do that. I can't follow them around and see what they're doing. I can't, I just can't do it. It's too hard. I'm too tired. I can't do that. If you ask your children to do something and they delay doing it, you don't want to make it a big issue, so you do it. Well, the problem of that, of course, is that if you treat your children, raise your children in that methodology, then you're really going to hurt them because they need to learn discipline. They need to learn to do things when they're told to do them. We need not to teach them procrastination. That kind of comes with the territory. It's easier to give in than it is to give discipline. All right, my third point, the cure for procrastination. Now, this is real important. I hope that you'll think about this. Uh, Number one is stop making excuses. Proverbs 22, 13 says, a lazy man is full of excuses. Have you ever noticed that other people make excuses, but we have reasons? (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? I found some excuses that people sent in to their insurance company as excuses for their accidents. I thought these were great. Going home from work, I turned into the wrong house and collided with the wrong tree that I do not have. In an attempt to kill a fly, I ran into a telephone pole. The third one is my favorite. The pedestrian had no idea which way to go, so I ran over him. (laughs) Now let me ask you, what is your excuse? The Bible says that the lazy man keeps making excuses. Ben Franklin said, the people who are good at making excuses rarely are good at anything else. Let me tell you the number one excuse for putting things off. This is the number one now of all the reasons. This is the number one reason uh, for putting things off. Number one excuse. When things settle down. When things settle down, let me tell you, it's going to be a long time before that happens. Number two is start today. Not next month, not next week, not tomorrow. Today. Today. Whatever it is you're going to do, do it today. Proverbs 21.1 says, never boast about tomorrow. Because you don't know what will happen between now and tomorrow. 
None of us are ever guaranteed tomorrow. I had an experience in a little town in Texas about 45 years ago. I was preaching a revival in a little country church, and I, you know, just preached my heart out and did the best I could. And I think I talked about hell for about 10 minutes. And, I mean, I really hit it hard and gave the invitation, and I extended the invitation, and nobody came. And that night, one of those kids was in a car wreck. He wasn't killed, but he came within an inch of it. And all that next week, I heard about, and he was lost. He was a visitor. He was lost. All that next week, all I heard about was, so glad he didn't die. Wished he'd have made a decision. You know, some people just kind of put it off. Well, folks, someday ought to be today. One of these days is none of these days. I talk with people all the time. They say, Pastor, I'm aiming to change. I am aiming to change. And what I want to say is, why don't you pull the trigger? (laughs) They have been aiming for years. Let me give you three words that would uh, be very helpful that would probably change your life. Do it now. Do it now. That would do so much for every Christian life. Every time you catch yourself saying, I'll do it later, that should be a warning light to you. If it's something that has to be done, you ought to just go ahead and do it. Number three is establish a planned schedule. Proverbs 13, 16 says, a wise man plans ahead. The old statement, uh, you're all familiar with this, if you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail, which is obvious. That's the way it is. You need to designate some planned slots for things that you really want to do. If you want to spend more time with your spouse Talk about it, set up a time, write it on the calendar. Protect that time, because if you don't do that, it will never happen. If you just talk about it, it won't come to pass. The next one is to face our fears. To overcome procrastination, I must face my fears, because that is the root behind all avoidance. When you're avoiding something, you're afraid to a degree of it. You have to identify those fears and to deal with them. You have to deal with it. Commonly, there are two fears which keep folks procrastinating. There is the fear of failure and there is the fear of success. Those are the two fears. Fear of failure goes like this. 
well, what if I try this and I fail? I will be so embarrassed. Everybody will know that I failed. And I don't want everybody talking about me failing. Guess it would be better if I didn't start. I certainly won't fail if I don't try. I would like to do this, but I probably can't do it. I mean, I'm just dreaming. I I probably can't do this. So I won't even try. The fear of success goes something like this. Well, what if I do it and it succeeds? Then I've got to maintain it. I've got to make that success continue. How do I keep the success? I I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do this. We hate to admit that we have fears, but we do. We all do, every one of us here today. We think that fear is a sign of weakness. Mark Twain said, courage is not the absence of fear. It is moving ahead in spite of your fears. There's only one way to deal with fear, and that is to face it. When you avoid a fear, it gets bigger. When you face a fear, it gets smaller. What is the worst thing that could happen to you? Do you think you're going to die over whatever it is that you're worried about? Probably not. In Philippians 4.13, you find this. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I wish everybody here today really, really believed that. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. You know, that's the, that's the goal that we ought to have written somewhere in our brain. The truth is that God wants to help us. He wants to give us all the assistance that we could possibly need. And if we'll let him, he'll give it to us, and we'll have it. The next one is focus on the gain and not the pain. The fact of life is this. There are very few things that are very, very easy. Uh, Life is tough. Life has some bumps along the way. I've had a bunch of bumps. Sometimes people really surprise me. Uh... When you find yourself up against those kind of things that are tough, you must push through the frustration and look at the gain beyond the pain. The gain is there. It's like when you were in grammar school, you remember? You would be given a homework assignment. You'd go home and you'd do your homework immediately. And you would enjoy the rest of the evening. Or you'd get an assignment at school and you'd come home and you'd put that off. And then you'd think, well, you know, I've got to do that. And it would be a bummer all evening because you knew you had that hanging over your head because you had to do that homework before you got up in the morning to go to school. So it just ruins the night. You know, you, you do the tough thing first. You do that first. You focus on the gain and not the pain. Galatians 6.9 says, Let us 
not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Jesus said, uh, life is going to have some struggles. Life is going to have some sacrifices. He never says life is going to be all easy. He never says that. There has to be sacrifice. There has to be commitment. However, he also says that there will be a tremendous award. Tremendous award. When we push through the barriers and we see the game and then we have the game. Let's make this very personal uh, this morning. Two questions. What is it that you know that God wants you to do that you have been putting off? What is it? One of these days I'm going to get my life together. One of these days, I'm going to give my life to Christ. One of these days, I'm going to join the church. One of these days, I'm going to get baptized. One of these days, I'm going to start a daily Bible study. One of these days, one of these days. What have you been putting off? And secondly, what's it going to take to get you into second gear? The starting point is to get, obviously, God's power in our lives. Oh, yeah. One day I'm going to do this. One day I'm going to do that. I have every good intention. Some people, many people, intend to get it all together spiritually. Why not today? One of these days is none of these days. Someday is today. I hope if you're in the house this morning, you've never trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior. I hope you do that today. We ask people, if you're visiting, we ask people to come forward. The reason we do that is uh, Jesus asked, when he was teaching, preaching, he asked people to come forward. He said, come out and follow me. And they did. By the thousands and thousands and thousands, they came forth and followed him. You know, if you need a church home, we'd love to have you. We want to welcome you. The doors of the church are wide open. If you'd like to recommit yourself to Christ, you can come down here and kneel and pray at one of these pews here at the front. However God would lead you. Someday is never going to come. Why don't you do it today? I'll be standing down here at the front waiting on you to take a stand for Christ. Let's stand together as we sing.